0: Well guys, welcome back. I'm so excited to have another guest on our podcast. This is Amy Harlow. But first, I'm Dr. Callie Hale.
1: And I'm Dr. Kyle Hale.
0: And Amy, why don't you tell us about
2: yourself? Welcome to the Sleep All Journey podcast. Thank you. Um okay, so I am a mental health therapist, so I my full title is I'm a licensed professional counselor associate supervised by Dr. Cynthia Coronado. I have to say <laughs> the yes. entire thing because yes. when you are not independently licensed you have to say your supervisor's name. Sure. Um, So I was in education for eight years. I taught kindergarten and first grade. And then I went in to be a school counselor. And I was a school counselor for the last five years. And then I decided that I was going to leave that and do private practice full time. Yay. Good for so you. here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. wonderful. <laughs> what helped spark that transition for you? So... I wanted to stay at the school for like another year. Um, I loved the campus I was at. My kids went there with me. We don't live in um, CCIC zone, but they went with me. And so I liked that they were there with me. Um, But I was coming home every night at like 6.30. I would start my clients. Mm. So like my husband would get home at 6, take over, and I would start clients at 6.30. Wow. And him and I had this conversation like, I don't think this is doable for our family like we don't want to do this so he said how about we have you considered just leaving and then doing this full time and I said well I have but I didn't want to ask oh because entering into the unknown yeah because I mean that's not a guaranteed Mm -hmm. you know I can't like the days look different the weeks look different how many clients want to schedule and so you know with school counseling you're you're there like you have your job Mm -hmm. and it's I mean your job's not going anywhere
0: Absolutely, like they need you, and yeah. so um, it's a small business. There's it, re- there's risks and fears with all yes, that, yeah, absolutely. But
2: when he said that, I thought, okay, he goes, "I believe in you. You can do this." Oh, and
1: I was oh, like, that's "All right, so well, sweet. good job." Well, let's <laughs> good try job, it, <laughs>
2: And so, um, it's been going really well. We actually just bought a fourteen by thirty like shop
1: oh, nice.
0: on the back wow. half of our.
2: We live on two acres, so the back half of our property is where the shop is, and he's going to build it out, and that will eventually be. My therapy office. Right amazing. now, I just see the clients in, in my home.
0: Okay, wonderful. And how many years have you been doing it privately now?
2: Well, it just since April. Oh, that's
0: amazing. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh.
0: Are you staying busy enough so you can kind of dictate your I am schedule staying busy and- enough.
2: Um, you know, and going into it, I was like, I'm going to take Fridays, Fridays are going to be like my off days. Like, I'm not going to have clients on Fridays. Well, of course, we were like, Fridays are really good for us. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know what? There's no off day.
0: Yeah. It just depends oh,
2: on the week, you sure. know, who of I have. Course. but. It's been, and I see mostly kids.
1: Okay. So I
2: wonderful. I see kids four and up. Okay. Um, adolescents, couples, families, adults, but most of my population are kids, okay.
0: which is what I know yeah. the best. So. I love that. That's wonderful. What made you want to do this?
2: Well, I mean, my bachelor's degree is in psychology. Okay. And I wanted to do this back then, but I didn't want to go back to school yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just was kind of finished up. And so, um, I took a really long path to get here. It's okay. um, I graduated. I was a gymnastics coach for a long time. I was a hospice caregiver. And then I decided to do the alternative certification. and I got that teaching certification, but I didn't use it for like a couple years. Yeah. So I worked in the engineering world. Wow. oh my gosh, you've been all <laughs> everywhere over the block. Wow, I've been everywhere. That's where I ultimately met my husband. I was in procurement, okay. and he's an engineer. so um, yeah. And then I finally went into teaching and I was like, I like this, but I don't know if I like it enough. Mm -hmm. So should I go get a master's degree? (laughs) And then I did. And now I'm trying to talk Ryan into letting me go get a PhD. Oh, Oh, that's (laughs) amazing. I don't think he's going to tell you. No, I just don't. He has told me no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's like, I mean, he was like, "Will it benefit you?" And I was right. like, "My brain, it will." <laughs> <like, laughs> yeah,
1: financial,
0: financially, financially, right? no. Yeah. I don't. It's need gonna it. cost money, tears, mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But so you asked of, him for a
1: PhD, and he bought you a shop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: he was okay. like, "No PhD, but here's a shop." <laughs> I think that's good too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a fair <laughs> it's trade. Take, and yeah.
0: I don't really need one, but like, I want one. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, oh. so you know, when Bree reached out to you and we had that big dinner and the mm-hmm. first time we met, given all of your knowledge in behavior in counseling in mm-hmm. these children, was sleep in your path of education and kind of what I was talking about in mine, or was that fairly new?
2: So sleep has never been something that we've gotten in school. Like you you didn't hear about it in your master's degree or even in any kind of early childhood, you know, workshops, nothing like that. Wow. However, I had been and this is so, you know, it's serendipitous in my mm-hmm. opinion. I had been reading about it last year. Wow. And I had a student who was really struggling throughout the day behaviorally. And he would sleep a lot like during the school oh, day. No. And so I talked to mom and said, have you thought about a sleep study? I've been reading about ADHD symptoms and how they can, you know, sleep disorders can mimic those symptoms. And um, she ended up getting a sleep study for him and he was having 20 wake periods a night. <sighs> Oh my gosh. And so yeah, they um, they were able to remedy some of the things and um so whenever I heard about this dinner through Melissa her yes. Mutual friend, oh yes yes. I was like, oh, that's perfect because I've had I've told parents sleep studies would be really beneficial, but I had nowhere to go with that right Well, who do I talk to? I'm like, your pediatrician, like yes. I know. Yeah, I no, don't that's know. A, that's a
0: really good point. The disconnect from, mm-hmm. oh, you need this, but where do you get it done?
2: Yeah. yeah. I had no resources for that. And mm-hmm. um, the district that I worked in, we had a resource list for all kinds of things. We even had dentists on that list. But sleep disorder, that was never like, who do you go to for that? And we there were so many kids, especially in elementary, that needed sleep studies.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's really interesting you to say it.
1: that because to prepare for this, um, I do have to do a lot of research. Um, and so I actually, I was, I found one article and I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a study called the Dundon study. It's in New Zealand. <clears throat> I think it just turned 50 years old, but it's, it's like no other study. And they've, they've been tracking about a little over a thousand people that were born, um, uh, about 50 years ago, 51 years ago, and they've been doing research on them. Not no interventions, just come in we'll Mm -hmm. ask you questions do surveys and a lot of what they do is around behavior because they're kids Mm -hmm. and they did a sleep they did sleep stuff they did sleep questionnaires and just over the years how they've changed their sleep questions that they're asking the parents Mm -hmm. um because you're asking like i think when they were five and when they were seven they asked like three basic questions you know just real simple stuff and then it got to like nine questions but when they turned nine years old but uh when I was looking at this, I was like, I wonder if the Dundon studies ever done anything related to sleep and neuropsychological symptoms, mm-hmm. and they have. And so, um, it's really interesting because now I had to do more research because in the results, <laughs> it said that, um, and this is this is a uh, open source, so I don't think I'll get in trouble for, for reading it, but um, uh, it says, after. Just in the abstract, after adjusting for gender and socioeconomic status, persistent sleep problems during childhood predicted scores on two uh, neuropsychological tests. The tests were the uh, copy score of the Ray Osterith complex figure test and then two measures of performance from the Halstead trail making test. And it linked these problems to sleep or these scores to sleep in their poor scores. So um, and then I went a little bit further and it was snoring during, uh, found this article that was cited in the one I just read about. And it said that snoring during during early childhood and academic performance ages 13 to 14 years old. And that snoring was, um, let me find it here. It was two and a half times more prevalent in low performing children in ages 13 to 14 oh, compared to high performing. Heard that study. And so it amazing. took the bottom quarter, called them low performing, took the top <laughs> quarter, took them high performing. And comparing the top quarter versus the bottom quarter, you're two and a half percent, two and a half times more likely to have, um, learning, uh, snoring, uh, if you're in low performing. So it's, it's mm, making the amazing. connection. And I just think it's really interesting because you said no one's talked to you about it. Mm. And we, we, one of the biggest reasons that parents come back to us and tell us how awesome Callie's is doing, how awesome the Airway Dentist in our group are doing, is because their kid's behavior is improving. The teacher wants to know what changed, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're a parent, um are you a parent? Yes. So if you if you if you are if you dreaded getting the report, how old are your kids?
2: Seven and five. Okay, Aww. so
1: not yet eight, report six card. You know, yeah, we get dependent. them, but you do, you get yeah. the, you
2: get a behavioral, like yeah. it's a part of it. Like how right. are they, e's you know, and, e's and, S's and, S's and, yeah. Yeah.
1: and so, but when you get, when you get back anything, that's not an E repetitively thinking like, what am I, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? What am I going to change? And as a parent, I don't think there's anything better than feeling like, you know, well, they're not, there's definitely nothing worse than feeling like you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And if your kid's sleeping like crap,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: what are you going to do to fix that? There's sometimes there's not a lot that you can do. And that's what, that's or what our model is, is. We mm-hmm. need to evaluate them for you know, dental things that are contributing to their sleep disorder, breathing and their mm-hmm. poor sleep quality and to not talk up. is so easy to screen for. So, um, yeah. I want to back that up. That was one little. of my
2: questions for <laughs> you yes. on here.
0: Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> I want to back up a little bit cause you talked about like all these things that you've changed and you were in school. I mean, you were not in school, but you were teaching and then, um, you had, you said you had a list of like, I guess contacts that you mm-hmm. could refer to or, or point parents mm-hmm. in the right direction. Um, but like, I'm really interested in like, what kind of, um, freedom did you have to have those conversations with yeah. parents? Or do you feel like maybe you were like, and I don't know, I'm not making an accusation to the school board or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like, do you feel like you have the ability to have those conversations with parents to say, Hey, I see these trends in other kids and and this is something that I'm seeing in yours. So
2: it looks a little different for teachers in the classroom versus the counselor. Okay. So none of us are in that role. Even if you were an LPC or a for, a diag or some a diagnostician, you can't, as a teacher, say, "I suspect your child has XYZ." Mm. That's a big no-no, uh, because you're not a clinician in that setting. And so teachers have to have these like roundabout conversations with parents and have like buzzwords. Like, okay, I've noticed that he's having a really hard time sitting still or that she is shouting out during, you know, a read aloud. Okay. And, but oftentimes parents don't, they're not picking up on that because they are, you know, either they're not privy to mental health conditions or, you know, maybe it's their first kid or they sure. don't know anyone that has any kind of like mental health disorders or behavioral disorders. It may take like years for them to finally be like, oh, I think the teachers might have been saying that my kid has ADHD. Right. Right. Um, as a school counselor, you have a little bit more leeway to talk kind of openly about that, but you still can't say, I think you should get your kids screened for ADHD or for a behavioral disorder. Oh, wow. Because again, okay. you're not a diagnostician, yeah. you're not a clinician in that setting. And so it's really hard because you want to be able to have conversations with parents that I'm are genuine. No that's so hard. But you can't, you kind of have to have these like And the list that we had, um, the teachers didn't have access to it. It was the school counselors or, and sometimes like, you know, the admin or the SPED team leads, but it was a list of, you know, it had doctors on it, psychiatrists, mental health professionals, um, resources, like if they needed help with food and stuff like that. And um, you would kind of like, if you were saying, I think that it might be a good idea as a school counselor. I, you know, I'm psychoeducational. This is short term skills-based. I think that your child would benefit for therapeutic approach And you could say, um, here's this list of resources. Maybe you could reach out to somebody on here and schedule an appointment. So it's still very
0: disconnected from. Yes. It's not
2: what you want to say. Yeah. And same with the principals and assistant principals. They still kind of have to dance around those kind of conversations. And I wish it didn't have to be that way. I know. Uh Is
0: that that just kind of a, is that a politics thing where they're afraid the parents are going to get upset and the subsequent physician's going to call the school and be mad like who who's going to get in trouble with that like what so i think it would be that you were kind
2: of like acting as if you were something that you weren't like if you were a clinician and that's not what a teacher's intent is that is not what a school counselor's intent is they want children to get the help they need but parents do get offended by it Mm -hmm. and they will go to your principal or school board and say well your kid said i or your teacher my kid's teacher said you had adhd and they they can't diagnose my kid It's like, well, that's not what your teacher was saying. They just said, have you thought about looking into this? So it's kind of like you have to protect yourself and it is a little political. Yeah, yeah. But as a mental health therapist, that's completely different because I am, I can diagnose mental health conditions. So I can tell a parent after working with your kid for XYZ, have you, would you be comfortable if we did an ADHD assessment?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that leads us into the whole ADHD discussion. Mm-hmm. So in all of your training for ADHD, again, it's such a buzz in the sleep dentist community mm-hmm. and just the sleep medicine community, because we, if you look back at some of the studies, I don't know if we talked about this at the friendswood Dinner or not, but we talked about Karen Bonick and all of her research. You should, that's uh, B-O-N-U-C-K, I believe. And she followed like 11,000 kids in, in this very ideal setting of, okay, What is the chance of them being diagnosed with ADHD versus the kids that are sleep deprived? Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a 50-50 coin toss that the same behavior characteristics of a child displaying ADHD could actually be sleep deprived instead. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I get on my soapboxes when I'm talking to dentists and working in the community. It's like if, if it seriously is a coin flip as to... What the child really does suffer with, mm-hmm. we should do a sleep study before yes. we're putting on medications or whatever. And and I never fault a parent or a family for doing that. Like we have to help the kids, like whatever they need mm-hmm. to succeed in that moment. Um, but if if it's something I can help them through the root cause with, I'm like, put me in coach. Like let's yes. get it. Let's yes. just save the kids. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking about on the way over here. You know, you think
2: about when you're a parent of a newborn, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh exactly. You, oh my gosh. You're
2: so dysregulated oh, 100% <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all the time. And then for, you know, for women, throw in some postpartum in there. Yep. Like so now you're sleep deprived, you're never getting REM yep. cuz as soon as you fall asleep your baby's waking you waking up. up. Absolutely. And then um you wake up in the morning and it's so hard to just cope with everyday things and right. you're an adult so you have a better understanding of your emotions most people do and you can help yourself regulate whereas kids have no no clue and that's not on them that's just developmentally appropriate for them so if they're
0: missing all this sleep Mm -hmm. well and then they're expected to go to school and sit still all day Mm -hmm. and 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 behave like the kids that aren't tired the kids that aren't suffering from this and they
1: can't verbalize it, and they Mm -hmm. can't
0: yeah and and it's sad i mean we'll all have patients come in and for their initial assessment with me and these kids are off the wall Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kicking my chair, they're kicking the wall, they're, they're like, they don't want to listen, they want to leave, they're up and down and, and it is like, mm-hmm. so a lot of the times one of my awesome staff members will grab them, take them to the kid's room and play and mm-hmm. I'm just with the mom and I'm like holding her hand and I'm yeah. like, okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing, we need to, we've, it's this going to be a whole team approach but we're going to, we're going to regulate because right now, like you're saying, they're not regulated mm-hmm. because they're not resting and they're exhausted, you know, and the parents will just think their kid is... You know, a brat or like just mm-hmm. really a very difficult child, and I'm like, well, we need to make sure that we can check the sleep and the jaw development off the list. Like, mm-hmm. you need to know that that part's taken care of. That's not contributing because we see it improve once they sleep. Mm-hmm. And and it's and the other part of that is we assume sleep just means they're in their bed asleep. Like, yeah. I mean, quality sleep. I, I mean, I want to know that when you know, because some parents will tell me, no, oh, they sleep twelve hours, and I'm like, okay that's not the that's not the point we don't know what ha- what is happening mm-hmm. in that 12 hours and what does that quality look like because if they're constantly waking up whether you realize it or not because now they're 13 and they haven't slept mm-hmm. with you in the same room for forever what is actually happening in their oxygen levels are they snoring i mean it's just like a laundry list and i'm like the quality of that sleep is what matters not how long it is
2: mm-hmm. yeah and you know when you were talking about like their the parents coming in and being frustrated and like you know what am i doing wrong and yes and then you hear from the other out well you're just not disciplining your kid enough mm. and it's like okay so you have to look at adhd sleep disorders behavioral disorders the same way you would look at diabetes right yeah. are you going to punish your diabetic child because their blood sugar keeps dropping right no no, so <laughs> no. you're not going to do that for your kid right. who has adhd and or is having you know sleep issues and of course that looks that's different than you know setting expectations and having boundaries for your child of course but of course that's not what you hear from other parents when they do have a kid that has a behavioral disorder. They're like, well, they just get to do whatever they want or they're in the classroom and they get to go to the calm down corner. And nobody else gets to do that, you know, and so they don't see it as the same it's the it's one in the same with medical disorders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, in the medical community, we'll look at obstructive sleep apnea like in an adult as a chronic condition, mm-hmm. you know, without a treatment of a CPAP or some sort of oral appliance, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the narrative has got to change with the kids. One, we need to recognize it. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize that all the stuff that you guys are seeing, maybe an airway dentist can help with, mm-hmm. but that we can change that trajectory for them because they are going to turn into the sleep apnea adult. Mm-hmm. like. They're going to have it when they're a kid. And if nothing happens properly for their sleep, sleep hygiene, nasal Mm -hmm. breathing, jaw development, they're gonna still have those problems. Why we think they would grow out of it is still to me astonishing. Like Mm -hmm. it's the same person growing up with the same issues. So um, I just think that I think that is so key in us wanting to collaborate with awesome people like you is how do we connect the dots? Mm -hmm. Because if you, if the teachers can't, like you said, have Mm -hmm. those conversations. And me, I, you know, for years, I've been like, I got to talk to the teachers. Like, and then we realized, well, they want to know, they love it. They're, they're like, Hey, we're all on the same team here, but they can't, they can't Mm -hmm. like handhold them into the office. And that's where we need to have these connections, dentists all over, because we've got to be able to work together because I don't think anybody knows this is a solution, Mm -hmm. the tooth pillows and the job, they don't, they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and where can they get that proper treatment?
2: Well, and, you know, parents that I've brought sleep studies up to before, they're like, well, what would that do? Mm-hmm. And it and it was because they just didn't have. Right. right? And mo- most people don't. There, you know, I there are a lot of counselors that don't. There are a lot of teachers, obviously a lot of teachers that they don't have the information in front of them. Right. And they need it. And I was kind of brainstorming when you were thinking about connecting with the teachers yeah. and like how you could do that. And I wonder, too, would starting with a SPED department in a district be, mm. like, a good place to start? Mm-hmm. Giving... SPED, do you mean, like, special education? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, not all kids that have ADHD or behavioral disorders are in the special, edu- special education program. A lot of them are 504, so they just have accommodations, or monitored, or some just aren't at all because they don't need it. But um, a lot of the kids with behavioral disorders do require special, edu- special education programming, yeah. And to me, I'm like, would that be a good place to start with school districts mm-hmm. on like, hey, here's some information. Right. And that could be, you know, just pushed out to the team leads who kind of manage.
0: Yeah. It's the a newsletter from me or something. Yes. Like, even if they have me there. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, just, I just know that we have to change something, you know, because we're not a healthy society. Like our kids are suffering. Mm-hmm. There is a giant epidemic of underdeveloped jaws and tongue ties that Aren't addressed and and things that I know we can make a critical change so that the rest of what they're dealing with can be more easily managed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm certainly not saying we're gonna cure every child of depression and anxiety. We're not. But if I can get their sleep quality improved so that as they're working through these behaviors and they fall asleep and it is quality, restful sleep Who with doesn't deep need sleep restorative and REM sleep, everybody, sleep. Sleep. everybody mm-hmm. does. We can't live without it. Right. So, and so I know that we can, we can make such a profound impact. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to find that, that niche. I am speaking at PTAC in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. His, his mom, um, was the director of the, pre- of a preschool for what, 40, 40 years? No. 30, 38?
1: Um, since.
0: At a private school at Barry Christian. Yeah. And oh, okay. she just retired like last year. She's gonna kill me for not. Oh, uh, yeah, but, you're gonna be in trouble I mean, for that. It's nights. been three decades. Uh, yeah, thirty-something years. I mean, yeah. she's an expert in it. And she she came and met with us and told us about P I mean, a dentist doesn't know what P is. We yeah. don't have any idea. And they and I had to submit this proposal and they said yes. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be in January. And mm-hmm. I'm like, good, the more information I can empower them with, because regardless if they're coming to see or me or not, it doesn't matter. Because if a child gets sent to a pulmonologist or a sleep doctor or if their pediatrician gets them a sleep study. That's another kid that is least going to be in the hands of like, oh, you have you have obstructive sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, the treatments typically tonsil nanoids are a CPAP, which that might not always be the route that it needs to go. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think it shouldn't be. I think they should be, you know, fed through an airway dentist first because we don't we can expand around the tonsils Mm -hmm. nanoids. But at least I know that there's going to be more conversations with it in in the child should see improvement. And that made me think again, too, talking about going to that conference,
2: like the American School Counseling Association has a mm-hmm. conference every year like that could be a, a good
0: hook me up. Let
1: me you know, know. Like I'm there. Smith. I don't know. Well, that's why I love these. This is for me. OK, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like, this, this is about me
1: about you. Well, and at the risk of sounding really dumb, something that I say to a lot of people, and I've probably said on this podcast several times already, is that if we replaced the scoliosis screening with the sleep of breathing screening in school, um, and again, like I haven't having only experienced that like 30 years ago (laughs) right um i I think it's so important and it's to me it is so easy to screen for this and then i think oh if it's so easy to screen why aren't we doing it probably the reason we're not doing it is because like what happens if you see something that throws a red flag or a yellow flag like who are you going to send that child to Mm -hmm. Now that is probably the one of the biggest political games that you could get involved with the school district. Like, okay, what for profit place are you going to send this child? Mm -hmm. Right, and so how do you answer that question? And to me, I don't care, like because there are there's there's way too many kids that need help compared to the kids that are getting help. And Mm -hmm. I think that if they if the parents know and they start asking the question, like you said, your parents like, well, what is that going to do to get those are great
0: questions? Ask Mm -hmm. that question, Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And but if we're talking. If we're just talking about it, like, hey, you know, Cali, Cali, in thirty minutes could tell an auditorium full of experienced teachers, you know, what may, what should make you ask the question? Behavior, sleepiness, mm-hmm. right? And then what are you going to look for to make you think that this child could be should be sent to a dentist, or a little sleep dentist, to be screened? Okay, another two or three signs, boom, and then mm-hmm. then you just have a place to that the parent knows that they can head to mm-hmm. and maybe the right thing to do is to try to find a way to point them towards an organization, to find a provider through an organization, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, go to the airway dentist. We would love to see you. We're going to take really good care of you, but um, yeah. it's more important that you get help. And one of our things, our, our mission statement is to rid the world of sleep disorder breathing. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I would love it if, Merrick and all the big pharmaceutical companies had to like zoom in on our area and be like, <laughs> and
0: why, wonder what's happening. Why is
1: Ritalin sales down? You know, <laughs> yeah. like what's going on? Like, we got to yeah. incentivize these physicians uh, a little bit more. Like, let's get more drugs out there. And that's not what we want, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, like,
0: that's very political, too. I'm sure yeah. you know. Yeah, no,
1: no. not at all. I doubt yeah.
0: it. <laughs> About? Yeah, yeah, that is a good no. point, and I've always said that too. Like, why are we screening for vision and scoliosis? I'm happy we are. Obviously, mm-hmm. we need to do that, but but this is such a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And and how can we just. In, include a very short, I mean, like a couple of check marks on a, and I would do it. I've offered for my own kids' private school and I haven't been taken up on it yet. I mm-hmm. will show up on a day, tell me what day, run everybody through it. I don't care if they come see me or not. Mm-hmm. I, they don't even have to know where I work. I can wear regular clothes. Like this is not a pitch to like benefit yeah. me. Like you said, if they could go to airwayhealthsolutions.com or vivos.com and just pick a provider by them, like whatever, so that they knew that they were going to be seen by a properly trained airway dentist, mm-hmm. then that, that takes the that takes the the game or the the politicizing and the financial aspect out okay.
1: of it. Okay, I'm gonna walk out of the room, and now you can say whether my idea was bad.
0: Okay. <laughs> I like your idea. Yeah, okay. I think
2: it's great. <laughs> yes, and it could easily be done because, right. You know, the nurse she calls in, and I don't know how it looks on every campus. Every you know, every school dif- district is different, but she calls them in like, you know, a group of ten of them. Sure. As vision and screening, and then out the door they go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then exactly. You I could mean, easily have an aide in there to do the other part to do mm-hmm. you know the screening for airway. So, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. so, I think it could be done easily. Got mm-hmm. so to do that. Well, we got to. We got to do that.
0: We get it done.
1: It's <laughs> <and you>, band <laughs> together. If <you laughs> the Santa Fe School District, I think they the only school That's a,
2: that's yeah. That's okay. where they are now.
1: And then I mean, I have no doubt. not There's no shadow of a doubt in my own mind that if this starts tapping in a school, that school, you know. Two years later, we'll be excelling in all academic mm-hmm. areas because yep. there's you're going to reduce the number of ki- sleepy kids in class by half. You know, if you mm-hmm. can do that, that, that's a huge thing. At least. And then mm-hmm. they'll be able to retain, you know, long-term and short-term information. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to be more creative. Um, they're going to pay more attention. You can, you can, I mean, teach faster. I mean, shoot, I mean, a really good airway. Adaptive school district could just go to school Monday through Thursday. They yeah, I yeah. love it. So
2: <laughs> that's, now you're really gonna get. A, that's how you're gonna get
0: in it's test right. scores. Yeah, because mm-hmm, that's sure. all they care about. And that, I mean, that's already published though. That when a kid is improved in their sleep quality, that mm-hmm. their test. I mean, yeah, we I I could just drop a stack of papers on in front of them. It's like let us, yeah, you know, we can help the with y'all's test scores. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and, and <laughs> hey, you the might the have been study. onto something. I, when you when you find the Dundon website, it's really cool. It's super cool, and this Dundon study it's never going to be done again, right? Like mm-hmm. when are they ever gonna get a thousand people who are born in the same year or same couple of years to ever come back? And then they can do it on this tiny Island of New Zealand. Um, but you can in there, they talk about like, if you, uh, if you score low on sleepiness, you will do better in school. If you score low on sleepiness, you will have a higher socioeconomic status. If you mm-hmm. score low on the sleepiness, then all these other parts of life are improved compared to what is average. And so, but, those are people. Those are low meaning you don't score right. badly on it. Like you right. want a nice low, right. like you're not sleepy. You're yeah. not sleepy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> low sleep score. High. High I academic. Less,
1: yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like golf. Sleep yeah. is like <laughs> I don't know anything about I golf. Don't <laughs> I'm so yeah. I don't either. <laughs> I just wear the shirts. Like that comfy. sounds cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: no kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Um, so what you mentioned that you started about a year ago, you started asking yourself questions about sleep. Um, what are you? I guess what are you looking forward to, or what? Like, what do you see, or how do you see sleep in your practice now that you're in private practice since April? Um, your husband Ryan mm-hmm. is building out your your new clinic called mm-hmm. Clinic.
2: In <laughs> that sounds really official. Uh, <laughs> I like and it. And
1: like, wh- how do you see sleep being implemented in your own practice? Obviously, very different than ours because you don't put your fingers in people's mouths. No,
2: I, d- I, no, that would I would definitely <laughs> lose Thank my you. license <laughs> <laughs> if I was doing oh that. Gosh. Well, I mean, I just think so. ADHD behavioral disorders are not going away, right? They, they, there's, they're here to stay. But there are so many kids that I feel like that I wouldn't have to see long term because the goal of therapy is not to be with me forever. Right? right. It's we want you. Yeah in and out Get better. in and out and of course it's a process it didn't look like that you're not like of course two sessions and you're like bye <laughs> bye but the goal is for us to not be together for a long period of time you may you might come back and revisit me a couple of years because something else has happened that you need but for children and behavioral disorders we can do so much and work on the skills but I feel like sleep being incorporated into that. And if there is if sleep is the issue, then we can get to that end goal quicker. Absolutely. And we can, you know, work on the coping skills. Like how do I how do I cope with my dysregulation? How do I cope with my impulsiveness? Like when I want to just do something that I shouldn't be doing, we can do all that together. But if sleep is an issue, we'll never get there.
0: A hundred percent.
2: And they will, you know, they're gonna end up just continuing to fight this battle, which we all know that and treated ADHD behavioral disorders lead to so many other things later in life and right. we can do all the work we want which is going to be helpful but if there's something else in the way right we're not going to get there absolutely
0: yeah that's just so critical and i think you know with as we've opened the airway denison are pushing this Topic: Our biggest battle is education. Mm-hmm. Our biggest battle is for us. I eat, live, eat, and breathe it. I'm talking about it all the time. I think, oh yeah, you know, what a tooth pillow is right. You can have a tooth pillow, like, like they're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? A pillow for your teeth? Like they don't, they don't have any idea. So we've found that to be the biggest. You know, there's a big attractor to the name airway dentist because they're like, oh, that's different. What do you do? And mm-hmm. some people do associate that with sleep apnea. Quick visit to our website, but ultimately they don't have any idea why a dentist would be asking about their sleep. And I think we're the best ones to ask about their sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trained in this and you can identify that tooth grinding, snoring, mouth breathing, you know, crooked baby teeth, crooked, you know, as the teeth are all coming in, they're coming, the little things like that, that they can mm-hmm. just immediately identify, okay, that means you're probably not sleeping well, regardless mm-hmm. how we might think it is at home. And those are the really easy things I think anybody can implement within their practices mm-hmm. you know all, all all around
2: medicine so let's say that you got the opportunity like to go in front of an entire school district full of special education mm-hmm. um, team leads teachers and counselors and let's go principals and assistant principals sure. let's say you got that opportunity what would you present
0: to them i would present a lot of what you guys listen to in friendswood i want to show the the tree that we have built with the root cause being underdeveloped arches and airway, but with all the symptoms branching up from it, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd have, you know, a little under a thousand cases that I can pick from to show before and afters and Mm -hmm. what we've seen with the sleep studies and the data. But I think the biggest thing is just what can we change immediately in the way we think about the issue. Mm -hmm. So like for dentists, for example, I say you go check your patient in a hygiene exam when they're getting their teeth clean and you see, Tooth, tooth wear, like they've been grinding their teeth. Immediate sleep study, mm-hmm. like it's changing the the idea that certain things are normal just because they're common, right? Yeah. And so I think it would take the opportunity to present a little bit of literature, explain to them what we're seeing at this level, and what I've what we've co- corrected in kids over the years, and and empower them with the knowledge of how they can help their patients, to, their students to do better. Mm-hmm.
1: We do this, or I say we, the royal we. Right, uh, <laughs> Callie and her team of awesome dentists do this all the time. I mean, this—that's all she does in her private practice. We have another associate here, and that's almost virtually all she does. We have two other dentists in other locations, and that's all they do. And we still only treat two kids a day. Like,
0: and, and the people that we talk to that have never heard it before, like they're just completely astonished that that there is a link so i i would want to i would want to bring together the link i want to mm-hmm. connect what the teachers are dealing with and what the families are dealing with at home to how we can all work together to help better the child because that's all it's about for me i don't care about the narrative i don't care about the the other specialists and dentistry that are going to get mad about. It. I could care less. It's and I used to tiptoe around that a lot, and now I just don't because I want the best for my kid, and I haven't met a parent yet that doesn't want the best for theirs. Mm-hmm. And if we can, if we can add a tool to the list of things that these kids are burdened with—from social media to bullying to kids like just mm-hmm. everything—and if we can make a small change that that totally catapults their their learning abilities and trajectories like why are we not trying to do that and that's where i'm like i'm gonna end up on the street corner in one of those like blowing suits that's just like have you had your kids airway checks <laughs> like, it. It. oh my gosh i should we need a mascot that would be hilarious i think that's a great idea a giant age, yeah. tooth pillow mascot yeah just yeah. put me in the big yeah will
2: yeah. be yeah. that would oh, work gosh. that would be fine yeah well i was thinking about your dinner that that night and you know you had an entire room full of professionals that work with kids like you had yeah. you had um nurse practitioners yep. you had chiropractors you had a mm-hmm. uh, speech path you yep. had um lactation consultants mm-hmm. you had therapists <laughs> mm-hmm. and these are all people that have so much education and kids if they're working with them they were all like i was looking around the room and everybody's like what? Like yeah. just too <laughs> astonishing. Yeah. It just warms my heart. I'm like, yes, we need to know. But there to me, I, what I saw in that was the gap in education yeah. for professionals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because why haven't we even gone down this route before? Absolutely. Why did I have to learn to kind of think about sleep studies and sleep disorders on, your own. on my own? Right. I, ran, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you why I thought of that. Aside from just the kid not Divine sleep. Intervention. <laughs> and I was like, why did this happen? But you right. know, aside from the kid just falling asleep during the right. day. Right, right. And having behaviors, just the two of them together made me go, "Well, this is could be something." Right. And then I went and looked it up, and I was like,
0: "Wow, this is something." Yeah. No, there is a huge gap, and right. I think that's going to be the the thing that we need to work so hard to close, even just in League City, Dickinson, Friendswood, like you know, let's do it just like stay here. <laughs> this is maybe this this one will go viral, and it'll be a whole bunch of others, you know. But yeah,
1: I think that is you you think that's tough. The patient gap is huge. Mm because and then you know of course anecdotally anecdotal is all we have mm-hmm. right this is this is too early to know if like how intervention really does improve a population we mm-hmm. don't have like a duncan study to go reference with intervention and so that's what we're doing every day that's what Callie and her team of dentists are doing every mm-hmm. single day is intervention and um, I was reading this anthropology book. I can't remember who wrote that book. The Oh, one? Uh, Robert Corcini. Corcini yeah. And in the first, in the opening parts of that book, he references, um, I can't remember what year it was, but the U S department of health and human services says that orthodontics will be the single largest expense when raising a child.
2: I mean, I believe it. <clears throat> yeah.
1: And, and since it really, it got really popular in the forties, fifties, sixties, It is, it is a huge booming business. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've learned just, you know, since my adult brains came in recently, I've learned that money, I'm going to start
2: start calling it that. (laughs) Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. no, I was like 30 before I had adult brains, but, um,
2: Everyone's different.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's feeling thank sorry you. for you. you. I don't. That's validation that
1: from my new therapist. Okay.
0: <laughs> she only treats kids. You're too old. I'm just kidding. I see. I see adults too, okay, but okay. I think you got.
2: I think you got it under control. Yeah, I think he's you. okay.
1: So I, I can't help but think that the there's the gap between the non-dental professionals. Mm-hmm. There's the gap between the patients, but then there's the gap that I that I think may be insurmountable and not worth, and that's the gap between the specialists in orthodontics and mm-hmm. this. Because it is the single largest expense of raising a child. And so it's predictable,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right They've, they've been able to find a way to use metal braces and make it very, very profitable for their own business. Mm -hmm. So the way that we do it is not the most profitable way to do ortho, but it is the best way. It, it, in my opinion, um, Mm -hmm. it is effective. So, but that is going to be a hill. To overcome mm-hmm. because every a time we try pressed. to educate a non-dental professional even dental professionals like general practitioners and the patient there is n- there's never going to be a quiet voice from their corner and i put their in things because i think most are orthodontists are cosmetic orthodontists mm-hmm. you know what we do is functional orthodontics here and so we're trying to improve not just the aesthetic the aesthetic outcome which that is comment alone is gonna
0: effect. he's gonna have daggers on social media when this goes out because right. because I, I
1: don't have feelings which he
0: doesn't so. care <laughs> you don't need that <laughs> least. he does have feelings. well
1: yeah. i'm not supposed to say that my therapist <laughs> because, I, I, <laughs> I cope well
0: I have <laughs> some good skills go. but it, it's it's for us really i think even in him saying that it's it's to highlight our passion for it getting done right. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, when teeth get pulled for braces, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I posted a big article about that this weekend and it got a lot of comments and on I actually Facebook. mentioned it to my mom today. Oh, I said, you. how y'all talk about yeah. teeth don't yes. need to be pulled. Like, like yes, it yes. can be worked. Around. Yeah. It, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not taught that way in mm-hmm. the, in the ortho residencies. I know that because a lot of my really close airway colleagues are orthodontists and, and they'll be the first to jump back with me. I mean, I got a lot of initials behind my name, but you know, the, They'll still hop in and say, Oh, well, you know, you're not an orthodontist or today. <laughs> yeah, I did. You did. I found out I passed my diplomate test this morning, like five minutes before you walked in. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
1: It was a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. The I whole family
0: the was in <laughs> You watched the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, regardless, in, until we start recognizing that some of the things that we are doing for the sake of straight teeth might not be healthy for them as when they're 50, mm-hmm. like to me, that's a personal issue that some doctors are gonna have a hard time with because they're gonna suddenly have to look in the mirror and say, did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. I pulled teeth. I pulled teeth. I would get the letter in the mail as an early dentist, please pull these bicuspids because they're going into braces. And okay, and I okay. pulled the teeth like a like a robot, right? And I had to turn around and recognize I should never have done that. Like, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So I think if we're empowered with the information on that point it's between you and God if you're going to keep doing it this a certain way. And oh. and I just know that we have to make comments like that. I'm, I'm covering for you because of what you just said yeah. in order to make people talk about it. And I think if we can go straight to the patient and empower them with the right questions to ask, mm-hmm. I think that's where certain things start changing because they're going to start demanding certain treatments. Yeah.
1: So um, just to pivot off of airway for a little bit, because I think it's really interesting. Like that you are you said you see four year olds.
2: Yes. There there are not a lot of therapists that see kids that That's young. Little, yeah. But I do.
1: Tell so, so. me I gotta yeah. know way more about that because
2: <laughs> we have a four-year-old.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we're it's 2023 and no one has not talked about mental health since everyone got sent home from work. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and I just wonder how tell me more about your practice, your pediatric practice and like the kids, you know, what are some big wins that you've had? Like, I just want to hear more about it. Cause I I honestly, like I never, when you said that, I just looked at the sky, like, that's probably good. Right. Because parents, if a parent has mental health issues Mm -hmm. and their, their kid is struggling. Now you have a poorly qualified helper trying to help a suffering child. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm, 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 I'm barely a halfway decent mom when she's not around and I am a fun dad, (laughs) but if I, I have no idea what I would do if I thought that I had a a kid who's suffering from something like that. So I'd love to hear more.
2: Yeah. It's so when I went into private practice, I um, was like, I'm going to work with adults because I've worked with kids my whole career as an educator and, and I want to work with adults. Adults are surprisingly easier. Bet, Kids yeah. are like twice the work.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Because
2: you have a whole, like, we got to even know what a feeling is before we start right. learning Aww. how to regulate. Right. So I got a f- my very first young patient and I was like, and, and it was one of those things that they were like, we can't find anybody. And pretty much where you can get treatment for kids that are that young, you're going to see like at a clinic. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, like a clinic, a clinical setting or like ABA therapy, which we did have some ABA therapists yeah, we there the day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want to go that route. They want to just start with a mental health professional in a different kind of setting. And so then I thought, okay, well, is this my, th- is this my thing? And I'm, I enjoy working with four-year-olds. I know since all of my education like I was when I was a teacher and school counselor was in elementary. And yes, I worked I worked with the fifth graders and stuff like that and their problems are totally different. Than <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> the little's. <laughs> yeah. But um, I know those kids. Like I know the mm-hmm. little kids and what they're struggling with. And so these parents come in cuz they're like you know, they're, they're having outbursts at daycare. And I'm so yeah. worried that, you know, we're going to be asked to leave. And daycares can do that Absolutely. because it's private pay. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we just, what I start with with these kids is identifying their emotions. And I tell the parents that every time. like, we're going to start with figuring out what our emotions are and body signals. So what does your body tell you when you're sad? What does your body tell you when you're angry? And helping them identify those because wow. when they can identify that, when I'm mad, I grit my teeth. Okay, well, that's signaling my brain that I'm upset and I need to use a coping skill. Mm-hmm. So we start with identifying emotions, body signals, and then we move into the coping skills. And what I tell parents of my kids, is say, the important thing about coping skills, and this is for kids and adults, is you have to practice them when you don't need them. Yeah. So, you know, stressed brains can't learn. So if you're trying to throw in a new coping skill when you're having like a full-on panic attack, even as an adult, it's not going to work because you have no clue what you're doing but practicing coping skills that you learn before you need them. And that way you're ready to go. Um, My favorite right now, which this will change. I'm loving the 13, the 12, 13, 14, because they're vicious. (laughs) They are sarcastic. They have these giant attitudes. And I love it because once I get them to where they're listening to me and working with me, I've, I've, Kind of gained, yes, through. I've gained their trust, and that, that feels really good. Absolutely. So when you talked about a win, it's those teen kids that once they start opening up to me and and knowing that I'm not there to judge them or discipline them, I always tell them I'm not a disciplinarian, right? And what you say in here stays in here, absolutely unless you tell me that you want to hurt yourself or someone wants to hurt you. Yeah. And um, and that to me is has been really awesome. really fun. Oh, but the four year olds are fun too.
0: <laughs> I'm sure just, you hear so
2: many funny things. Well, in that. that 50 minutes, because, you know, when you think of therapy, you think it's an hour, but it's technically it's 50 minutes because then you spend the next 10 minutes documenting. Yeah. That 50 minutes flies by. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure. It's so fast. And plus I incorporate, I'm not a registered play therapist, but I do incorporate play therapy because that's really... The only way you can truly work with kids at that age, of you have course. to be playing, yeah, because they don't know; they have no clue what you're working on. Absolutely, they just know that they're having a good time. Right, right, right. Oh, that's so
0: <laughs> sweet. I
1: love. Do you have that. any like non-verbal patients? That you're I
2: don't. With? I don't. But I would totally be open to work with non-verbal yeah. patients. I've um, in in a school setting, I've worked with with children that didn't you were selective mute or you just non-verbal in general, uh, but. As a school counselor, you don't get to stay with those kids long because they end up going the special education route. Yeah, yeah. And so they kind of get taken away from you pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I am... Really happy we did this. And I know I mean me too. too. This I, was this was
0: so I was really. And I, I see so many areas where we can work together and better <laughs> better the health of our of our county. Mm,
2: yes, <laughs> I'm sorry yes, with the county. Sorry, Galveston County.
0: That's yes, a pretty large county. But really we do yeah. We can do it. It's fine. I, know, like, well, like I know. I
1: know. Two a day is how many kids? How many cases we've essentially, and that's busy. Mm-hmm. So this is not like this is all about education and helping the kids. Like mm-hmm. if if and I was honest, if if Merritt called their their Houston office i said why are sales down that is that Do is why i know. would be a lot like that would be so cool um yeah but thank you for coming all the way here from santa fe oh
2: yeah my my 20 minute drive is was a big deal oh. and yeah. um did
1: i guess like want just to close out why don't you share a little bit about where people can find out yeah. more about you yeah. and your practice and how to get in touch
2: so my website is amyharlowcounseling.com um pretty simple you can go on there and you can request a free consultation if you want so right. um i do 15 minute virtual cons- consultations for free um, um i see patients in person and virtually awesome. so either or oh, nice. and then my instagram is amyharlowcounseling that's the t- uh, handle i did I'm trying to do more on there because, you know, yes, you got to yes, promote. But, 100%. Um, I also have a Facebook page that's Amy Harlow Counseling. It's just the page. Wonderful. And so, that's how you can find it. Well, we'll make
0: wow. sure to tag that in this video and you can share it with everybody on yeah. your end as well. Thank and you so we'll much for taking the time to come things out.
1: Things that we talked about the studies, I, I was like, so. can I
0: take, can I have that? You I can. Oh, yeah, yeah you we, can we have, have another <laughs> one. Take both of those. Yes. It's going to take she, these. This is the PhD that
1: you're. I didn't put
0: any on This is going to be my dissertation.
2: Ryan is going to hear this and he's like, we're going to
0: have to meet ryan we're gonna yeah. have to yes. like, come on man no. yeah he's yeah.
2: he's pretty fun too center to school. Aww. come on he's, center to school he's very um uh, he's very personable talkative mm. engineer which i know is yeah. not you know yeah. he comes from well, a when you family. said you
1: got into counseling after you, where you met those engineers i was like that makes sense okay? <laughs> yeah my dad is a biomedical engineer he's worked at NASA. Oh, yeah. my grandfather is a, yeah. ke- a, a, a chemical engineer my uncle is a civil engineer and the other side of my family are architects so i grew up and i told my dad when i finally decided i want to go to dental school he was like Why? He's
2: like, like, but you need. Let me. Do they spreadsheets? Are there a lot of spreadsheets? Oh,
1: (laughs) there's graph paper. Graph paper. Graph paper everywhere. And and to troll. So man, now we're just rambling. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, to troll my my uncles and my my granddad and my dad for Christmas when I was eighteen, I wore a shirt that I found at like the mall or something. Maybe I was seventeen, but it had like a giant equation on it. It's like. don't, it was, said something smart. You know, I could probably get like Spencer's or something. and it said like, don't talk to me until you can figure out this. And it's a giant equation. Why well, wart And that became the thing they had to solve.
2: <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, and they baby. can't move on. They, they
1: ruined. They, they, no, they ruined Christmas. They, they, Stacey oh, they tried to. We were at my, my grandparents' <laughs> place in Brent and uh, not Brennan, but in uh, Maryland in Houston. And they had paper graph paper. They were trying to, they knew this formula. They, I mean, I was like, oh, well, I mean, He's
0: kept them busy. <laughs> yeah, sad, right? if, you kept them distracted. If they don't
1: do that, they go build something. They're like, "Hey, let's let's <laughs> oh, build a barn. Yeah. We're here already." Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, she's there's, living that. He's building her. There's
2: a lot of building that goes on in our family. <laughs> I mean, so, I think it's kind of handy. But then, but then, it then it I is. got a D
1: in calculus when I was a freshman in college, and I feel yeah, like, "This
2: is not for me." <laughs> like, What's wrong
1: with you? <laughs> I was like, well, I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: not my. If you don't like math,
1: oh, yeah. it is it so much fun. So, thank you, Amy, and thank you everyone for listening. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be on with another guest. I don't think we know who our next guest is, but we're going to find someone. um, Pull them off the street
0: and have them talk to us. We'll get the sign.
1: The sign.
2: Get the sign out there and then just say, hey, we're doing a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on in.
1: Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.